Hi, this is For the Girls Podcast. I'm Nick Westray. I'm Jason Black. This is the gay fandom podcast about female entertainers in movies, music, and TV and radio. And we're just bringing you some new introductions to some old episodes. Uh, We're on hiatus right now, and so we're... Uh, just to fill the space and be our lazy bone self, we're bringing <laughs> back some things we did a, a year or two ago. So you That's can right. give it a re-listen. That's right. Maybe you didn't catch this one the first time. This week, we are covering the queen of the coffee house, Dar Williams. Yeah. This is... I, I, like, I love this episode, but I also... I remember... Uh, during research for this episode, listening to the music when my mom and I, my mom was visiting in February and I, I was like, just like, you know how you do when you're with a parent and you just kind of start being like, well, I hate everything. Everything's awful. I have to change. She's like, what do you want to do? I was like, I don't know. You know, like anytime she would try to ask a question. And, um, and so then I remember just like, I'd be like, I have to go for a walk. And we went to the, we were in the desert. And so I was bizarrely in the desert listening to what I really associate with Mich- Michigan winters of Dar Williams, just feeling very angsty. And I didn't quite know how you were, but then when we got on, on, onto the taping, you also were very angsty. And so mm-hmm. I feel like this is probably the height of our angsty teen teenage selves just we kind are of pouring out in our feelings in this episode and there are long cut-ins we are feel everything about ms williams lyrics we review this these albums i think we review her first two albums kind of extremely thoroughly so we need you to smash that down button and a download button and hop on board because this is one of our really great emotional episodes yeah, yeah. Just get just get silly and melodramatic with us and feel your February feelings. You all have them. They all yeah. come back during this time. So enjoy oh, and be coming back to you. And if you're thinking like, oh, I've already heard these episodes before, we actually do brand new episodes while we're on hiatus, still on the Patreon. They're a little rougher. They maybe are a little less polished. We're maybe eating candy during them, but they're really fun. We do lots of kind of crazier, woolier stuff, right, Jay? Yeah, 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 yeah. We, we what, 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 what we would do, we do on the Patreon? We do whatever we want. We kind of pretty much whatever we feel like, whatever stuff that we wouldn't put on the main. That's a little bit crazier. That's a little bit more eccentric, random stuff. And we just have a gas. I mean, it's a ball. Yeah, some current stuff. We did the Undoing. We did all the gay episodes of Golden Girls, which is very current. We did a Tom Hanks movie called Larry Crown, y'all. Larry Crown. (laughs) You only find that here. You only find that info here. So go over and follow us on patreon.com front slash for the girls podcast. We love you, Battle Angels. Bye, babies. Enjoy. Um, hi, this is for the girls podcast. Let's go, let's go, let's <laughs> Say your name. You, I am Jason Black. I am Nick Westrate, and this and is this a, is for the girls podcast. <laughs> this is a podcast about you and your diva. This is a podcast about um, gay people loving divas and lesbians loving divas. By, th- by thinking about the lovely lady we're doing to today, I, I really, I really kind of. Forget that this is really this is a you know a kind of worship podcast. This is like a going to our church podcast. This is this definitely is... a church podcast. Yeah. So hi, thanks everyone for listening. Thanks, um, 
Gosh, we're so many episodes in, and I'm so thankful for all the people who are listening uh, every week. And I just want to... What is this? What episode is this? This is episode 13, I think. Yeah, I think this is the 13th episode. Ooh, that's spooky. Um, We're not going to skip 13 like those elevators do and those superstitious high rises. I love that. I love that, though. I fucking love that. Yes, I love that. I just love that that's even a thing. That's even still like a thing when they build buildings. They like cut the 13th floor. It's amazing how much it's like common superstition. And that we all believed in it. We couldn't possibly, like no one would, what, no one would rent something on the 13th floor. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's kind of like. This is a 13th floor podcast. <laughs> we, are, we are a woman. We are a gay man talking about women's podcast conspiracy theories. 13th floor podcast. <laughs> That's true. In hell. <laughs> It's our 13th episode, though, and uh, we want to thank everybody, and we want to remind you again, if you can, if you're not too busy, please try to uh, hit the download button. and Ooh, Right and at the rate, beginning, bitch. Right at the beginning. I'm getting into it early so they don't stop the episode. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah. I know so you they, all just stop the episode. They're going to pause it and do the, the download right now. <laughs> just pause it. Also, like, rate and uh, review us, because... It just helps us, and we want to get the word out so that we can, you know, bring all you fans together. Reviewing is so important. I mean, it really is so important. Send some positivity out into the world. Yelp us. We review so many (laughs) albums and old movies for you. The least you can do for us is review this fucking podcast. Five to a hundred stars, please. Um, how was your week, Jay? What's going on? It's been good. I I think I talked about this that my mom was here. I don't know. Did I mention that? My mom's here. Oh, yes, I did mention that. I mentioned that at the, my mom's here, my battle, my Alita battle angel and I are out uh, uh, conquering the world with our alien technology. <laughs> Boom. Battle angel drop. A if movie you, that no one's seen. <laughs> if you want to be one of our battle angels, that's what we call our fans now. Battle my, Angels, you need to my, subscribe and d- download and rate and review now. You can sign up with my 67-year-old mother. She's the OG Alita Battle Angel because she... <laughs> man, I'm going to do this every episode because she has she has the face of an angel, but a body built for battle. Okay, babies? And we took our bottle, b- bottle, but we took our battle bodies to the desert. Oh, yeah, you went to Palm Desert. Went to Palm Desert. Mm-hmm. Just, just did you one just of those thr- classic. Did you just thrift the entire time? Did you go to eight thousand thrift stores? I didn't. I didn't do that. I, um, I felt kind of overwhelmed by it. No, uh, you know, it was just. But no, it was more just of a classic mother and son um, vacation. Uh, we we stay at this like place that there's like seven uh, warm pools and yeah, and we did that and then. And with the artists that we're doing, I just kind of was immersed with her in the desert. And I can't wait to talk about that experience. Yeah, it's really funny because this is an artist that Nick and I grew up with. And I really associate her music with fall and leaves and Michigan. Mm. So to put her in context, surrounded by mountains and desert. And it was really windy and kind of mysterious. So like I kind of... I accessed her in in this other way, and so that I uh, yeah, so that was kind of a fabulous experience. I walked for like four miles, just like listening to tunes and like feeling myself in the desert. So yeah, four miles is long for me. Everyone's like, what? That's that's the beginning <laughs> of a hike. Shut up. <laughs> no, that's oh, and it wasn't hike. a hike. Don't come at me. It wasn't a hike. Don't you dare at me. 
I didn't hike. I walked down a street for four miles. <laughs> was it just a street in Palm Desert? It wasn't like a hike. <laughs> yes, it was the main street. That's okay. I'm into you going on long walks. I think that's really urban good. hiking. It's urban, urban hiking. <laughs> urban hiking and urban legends. I just can't because everyone on those apps are like, I ha- like. Are you into hiking? No, no. <laughs> I've no. taken you on some good hikes though. We hiked in Joshua yeah. Tree once. Oh yes, I mean I yes yes okay fine. Uh, yeah, but you, you're not you a called huge me hiker. out. I do I'm like actually, hiking. We just um, I'm planning a trip. There's this hike I love in Woodstock, which is near where our diva of the week lives. Um, that I'm taking two of my friends to <laughs> in a couple weeks. I'm so excited about show. I've showed like a bunch of different friends this particular hike. And I can't wait. I'm not going to say it on the pod, though, because then everyone's going to go to it, and then it'll get over overrun. It's the most incredible hike I've ever seen in my life. I mean, right. Girls, I can get behind it. Like, you know, I feel like when you're hiking, that's just what you're doing. You're just out there, and you're walking, and there's nothing else, <laughs> and it's very peaceful. And I, you know, and I do feel like this artist really gives a hike, right? Gives the hike quality, like, gives the need to... You know, what, I mean, love how we are saying, like, we can't say Dar Williams yet, because... I know, know the I know, episode cause... is, like, entitled Dar Williams something or other by now, <laughs> and it's, like, on I Instagram... <laughs> I know it's like and then it's like in my mind we're gonna say Dar Williams and there's gonna be like, like a, a curtain reveal. that like comes out yeah a big reveal Dar Williams come on down we are talking about Dar Williams this week who is such a huge part of our lives but she is such you know Dar Williams goes on like 12 22 hikes a week oh god yeah she because she lives in Cold Spring New York and she's all about that fucking upstate New York lifestyle which is such a thing now especially with my peer group of like, and because of the advent of Airbnb that everyone is like, you know, spending their money to have that like out of the city experience. It's such a thing. It's a huge part of our li- like 30 somethings lives these days. Well, and Dar, and doing some research on Dar, she wrote a book on small towns and the importance mm-hmm. of community in small towns uh, combined with her travels, her musical travels. I think it was a couple of years ago. Yeah, she loves uh, a small town. So she loves a small town. She loves kind of building that community. So yeah, she's just walking all about and um, asking you, what are you doing? Speaking of self-care and going on hikes, I have been, that's what I've been like waiting to tell you to the pod. Um, I've been <laughs> trying to take care of myself because I, I mean, it's finally spring in New York, which literally I don't, I'm such a fucking seasonal um, affective disorder motherfucker that like, it gets to 57 and I'm fucking like Ella Enchanted dancing in a fucking field. Are so you really? So fucking happy all of a sudden. Like this euphoria, this like this like pull out of depression just from sunshine. It's so ridiculous. And I'm like, you're not actually optimistic about your life. It's just sunny out. I also... It's so- That's so funny you said that. I love that that you saved that because yesterday I called you and I was like, let me tell you about taking the elevator to hell last week in my <laughs> life. And so you were just sitting on your Ella dancing thing? No, no, you no, no, like, no, no. Okay, That's I'm not stuck. all. No, no, no. But I've also, no, that as a way to say like, I've been like super depressed this right. winter and been right. kind of going through, I just feel really, I mean, you know, I'm an artist, I'm an actor and like my, you know, you, there's a lot of waiting, there's a lot of disappointment and a lot of terrible things things um, that life throws at you but it's anxiety there's so much anxiety there's so much self-hatred there's so much all of that and so there's so much shame and so 
I finally took a page from one of our divas books, one of our number one divas, Karen Kilgariff. Shout out to Karen Kilgariff, who is a writer and a comedian and hosts a podcast called My Favorite Murder, which we are both super into and was a huge inspiration for us to do a podcast in the first place. And uh, Karen is always talking about reading and rereading this book by Brené Brown called Daring Greatly. So I bought it months ago and it's just been like sitting on my nightstand staring at me. And I'm Mm -hmm. like such a fucking bitter ass cold bitch, right? Like my whole fucking thing is like being a jaded cunt. It's like my whole vibe. Like I don't like self-help. Fuck you, self-help. Fuck you, all these things. And I am fucking started reading this book and like crying and loving it. And it's like such a beautiful thing. And I've been like cordoning off portions of my day, like turning off my phone, turning off my devices, coming into my little study office area and like telling my boyfriend, like, don't fuck with me. I'm going to read my book right now. (laughs) And like reading for like 30 minutes to an hour, like nonstop of this book. And I'm pretty sure when I finish it, I'm going to just read it again. And then... I've also like, and then you're going to be completely changed. <laughs> and then I'm the yeah. second read. <laughs> no, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure she has like nine books because I told my friend Meredith about this, and she was like, "Oh no, you have to read these like six other books that she wrote because she's great." But anyway, and Karen also recently on her podcast was like, "I'm reading fucking daring greatly again because I forgot everything that Brené Brown tried to teach me in it." I'm obsessed with that. I'm obsessed with that, and and because like I feel like. It's also so comforting because I too, I I wasn't I hadn't been in a seasonal depression. I usually tend to feel nothing um, and and lay lay in my bed for long periods of time, uh, which is another kind of depression, I guess. Um, <laughs> I just I think that's just like just straight ass depression. That's just like uh, <laughs> vintage full on depression. It's kind of fun though. Like I have so many like old quilts, um, but. I, I too went like kind of down down to my dark place uh, this week, and I I also like then emerged dancing like fucking Ella down the streets, listening <laughs> to like Dar Williams and being like I just kept like saying this mantra like I'm I'm gonna start uh, living a little bit more or 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 focusing on a little bit more of the joy because that's actually exciting. Like something about Dar reminding me that life was once exciting. Right. And and ideas were once interesting and believing in something you know, you know and yeah. and I kind of got in touch with my fucking 14-year-old self again. So, yes, bitch to us like looking at like our deep darkness and being like I'm going to dance in the light. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's so beautiful. I just I'm, in my fantasy, we're both just like sauntering down the streets like <laughs> in tandem. Uh <laughs> Even why? Because we're on the we're, other side of the country. Why? Because we're tethered to ourselves. So into the idea of tethered after seeing us, which I just yes. love so much. Oh yeah! Wow, that was that. I'm ex- that was a ramble. I'm excited to listen to that section, <laughs> catch up section. <laughs> I'm excited to edit that. Okay, so this this week we are starting a new kind of episode, which we've always wanted to do, and have been wondering how to start. And it's a kind of a type of episode. Okay, so what kind of episodes do we have? We have the interview episodes. We have the Jason has like an uncontrollable laugh episodes. <laughs> We have the Jason used to rent this VHS tape a lot episode. (laughs) We sure do have that. We We sure do have Jason Jason's VHS collection. (laughs) 
those episodes. And now we're introducing a new kind of episode, which is going to be recurring. So stay tuned. Subscribe and oh. download. Stay tuned because they're called Diva You Should Know. And this week on Diva, you should know, who are we talking about, Jason? Pull that curtain aside. <laughs> <laughs> who who are we talking about that we were that we were unsure of how to mention at the beginning, but then mentioned, and now I'm mentioning it again? Well, it's a Diva that we do know. Come on down, Dar Williams. Dar Williams. That's like a Price is Right. It's my Price is Right impersonation. Dar Williams on the Price is Right would be a thing. Uh, yes, we're talking about Dar Williams, and this is this is a Dar Williams is a. a you kind of got the OG on this one. Actually, it's again back to the well of your sister Molly. Back who to also my sister gave us Molly. Our goddess. Our, gave, Molly gave us all of our goddesses, basically. <laughs> yes. This is my sister's. I mean, I told my sister that we were doing this episode, and she was like, What the fuck? Because this, this is her number one diva of all time. Is it? Yeah. And then we got on the phone and kikied about it. And but not too much because I don't want to spill her truth about Dar Williams. I want to talk about our truth about Dar Williams. But yeah, this is Molly's number one diva in life. And she has so many hot takes on every single track. It's it's crazy. But yeah, this is also so this is kind of an origin story for me, too, because my sister was so into Dar Williams. So who is Dar Williams? Dar Williams is um, a folk singer, kind of a folk pop singer. And she is I consider her like the OG coffee house goddess. OG might be stretching it. I mean, she's definitely <laughs> I think there's a couple other girls before her that chewed around with an acoustic guitar and sang, sang at the Java at the Java joint. The Java but yeah, joint. she she definitely picked, <laughs> she definitely strummed some. Um, what was the coffee house? I because we did write uh, we did write that she was a coffee house goddess, and I'm obsessed with that. What was the coffee house that we used to go to in Lula's? South, Lula's 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 in South Bend, Indiana, where Pete Booty Judge is from. Yes, I always thought like I'm going to go to Lula's and play checkers, and I'm going to meet my husband. I uh-huh. never, ever did, but I was like, this is because like y'all don't understand. We could like, you think South Bend, Notre Dame, it's a big town. It wasn't like we only had one coffee, like there proper was, coffee there were house. Two coffee houses. There was another one downtown, but called... wasn't that Christian? Higher grounds. Higher grounds. It was semi-Christian, but it was also where... So my girlfriend, Pearl, used to definitely play her, like, violin or piano there and sing. Wow. And she was best friends with our other best friend, Dee Dee, who Dee Dee and I would kill some time at Lula's Coffee House and try to pick up on the fucking skinny um, indie dudes. Okay, so we are probably confusing you right now by saying Indiana, South Bend, Indiana. Jason and I grew up, but this is important for this episode, we grew up in this very southern part of Michigan. I know you all are, like, obsessed with our origins. So we, from the very... <laughs> They're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I don't really understand the Midwest. There's but a glitch I know in the Matrix in here. M- <laughs> I, I actually personally... Nick uh, lived about mm, 20, 25 minutes away from me, and I actually... My house is almost on the border of Indiana mm-hmm. in Michigan. Yeah, and so my sister and I... Starting in junior high, my parents sent us to this Catholic school in South Bend, Indiana, because it was a really, really good school, and because my dad taught at Indiana University in at their campus in South Bend, Indiana. So he was already driving down there, and so we would drive 45 minutes one way to get to this Catholic school every day. And once my sister got her driver's license, which was around the time that I started to go to school there, we started driving together, and she got a car, and 
she uh, would, we would make mixtapes and we would listen to music and she was getting all this music because she was cool and in high school and I was just a little junior high kid and she would introduce me to all this different music that was different than the kind of 80s pop that we grew up with, like the Bette Midler and the Linda Ronstadt and the Debbie Gibson and the Whitney Houston that we were used to. And she was getting all these new influences of new music. And one of those people was Dar Williams, who was this folk singer who is a diva you should know. Yeah, a diva you should A diva you should know. And I mean, I think like, obviously, like, uh, uh, you know, people know who Dar Williams are. Williams is and totally. we are not like <laughs> we are not we're not trying to act like Dar Williams is like some kind of hidden gem that like no, that no, no one she... knows about but us no but I mean I think people who are into the folk scene know about Dar Williams I think all of our Lilith Fair girls know about Dar Williams but but maybe with people Lilith who... Fair yeah with Lilith Fair I think that she's maybe like everyone kind of there's like some that kind of just just kind of rose to the crop that everyone more associates with uh as opposed to Dar Williams. Yeah. Right? Like the Jewels and the Sean. Sean Colvin and Paula Cole. And, mm-hmm. and they, yeah, because they had bigger hits or they were, you know, the theme song of Dawson's Creek or they won Grammys. And Dar Williams kind of never had that same level of commercial success. So, and I also think that's something of her fans too that that they like about her that like fans and I've always considered this too as a huge fan of Dar Williams that she's like kind of a secret little thing that I have with that I share with a few friends like you and Dee Dee and my sister and but that she's a little secret gem I think about I good I'm glad you brought that up because I've been thinking about that in a way kind of about how our diva Bette Midler is like maybe not in um uh, the Mount Rushmore of divas. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people know her for a couple of things, but not for like her, ex- you know, her extensive catalog and the way, in the way that we fan out. And there's something that kind of makes that, that underdog quality that yeah. I think with, when, it, and when a fan finds that it can make it so much more personal. It's like, I have this special thing. I have this connection. Right. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and I was, I kind of also can, I kind of see uh, a dar through that. It's like, I have this uh, treasure, treasure. It's treasure. treasure. I have this. Yeah. Image, I, have I have my. I have, I have a treasure. treasure. Yeah, she is. She is. I consider her like a secret treasure. I love that. I'm obsessed um, with that. I, I don't have. I didn't. My origins is. I can't. I got you. You got it from your sister, and then all I got it from you. And like I said, Michigan. Listening to the listening to Dar in Michigan, and in Indiana was so big for me fall she is so fall to me she's so leaves changing drinking coffee um thinking feeling very poetic i remember thinking i was very smart for listening to dar williams mm-hmm. um and it's amazing listening back to her and like completely uh reinterpreting these songs to uh, 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 uh to me but i remember like even if i didn't grasp it it was just poetry and i didn't know what she was saying but I just, I it was just driving in your car, plain dar as the Mich- as the pure Michigan air is rushing through us. I saw Dar when I was in high school and I went to boarding school. The boarding school Nick and I went to Interlochen Arts Academy. I saw her by myself. I thought I was ugh, that I was also ugh, just so mature. And then I didn't really come back to her. I never, I, I didn't, I did not revisit her. I think I don't know what I thought in my mind. That maybe this was a your too much of a your thing, too much of a of a time capsule thing for me. 
um, maybe I just, I, I thought maybe it wasn't going to age well and I just wanted to kind of leave that in, in the past, but whoa, sweet mother goddess. She's amazing. She's still, she's still fucking. I, I can't, I mean, you know, when they say like top, when like Spotify does for me, very embarrassingly, like your top five songs, <laughs> I'm convinced. I am super, super convinced Dar's going to take up three slots this next year. <laughs> like, there's no way. Like, I have been going. This is how crazy girl I've been. I've been. I, like, go to bed and my thought. It's, like, kind of that thought where you're, like, I'm going to get up and have coffee. I think I'm going to get up and listen to Dar. <laughs> like, I get to get up and, like, pop a Dar on there. That's been your <laughs> last uh, week. It's so. It's. Yeah. It's, yes. It's such an amazing well. So we're going to dive back into that well now. We're going to listen to a few Dar songs with you and kind of talk about how they're meaningful to our lives. And the first one I want to start with is one that uh, when I, I talked, I consulted a lot with my sister about this. Um, She's Mm going to yell at me and tell me I should have consulted with her a lot more than I have. But the first one is called Alleluia or Hallelujah, (laughs) however you want to say it. It's Alleluia. It's spelled. It's spelled Alleluia. um, This is from, so most of the songs that we're going to do are from her first two records, Star Williams' first two records. So you can put it on your Spotify are her first full two albums are called The Honesty Room and Mortal City. Um, they came out in 94 and 96, 1994 and 1996. They're really incredible albums. It's really hard. It was really hard for this episode to pick which songs to do. So they're all just kind of songs that have to do with our lives. But and this is her, these are her truly iconic albums. I feel like this is where all of her, like her known hits are, are kind of from. Yes. Um, so this would be a great place to start. Great place to start to get into your uh, Dar Obsession. Yeah. To start your Dar Obsession, just start at the very beginning um, and this this song is actually uh, the second song from her first album, Honesty Room, and it's called Alleluia. Rana Nancy got the house but said Nancy rule. I died eight years ago, I'm still a legend at my high school. I stole a Chevy and I wrapped it round a tree. That's okay, cause no one's gonna make the next century. I'm up in heaven and they said I'm gonna stay. The clouds are really puffy and the angels sing every day. Everything is gonna drive me mad Cause it looks just like I've been through I am party that my mother had It's like the worst Elvis film I've ever seen Technicolor blue, I won't on Technicolor green There's camping trips and donkey rides And singing on the fire And they sign me up for surfing But they can't get me in the choir Magenta hair and saying nasty things. I'd say she was an angel, but it's stupid and it's obvious. I said you'll hate it here, cause we're the only ones that cause it's crypto fascist mania. It's still a condolia. Yeah, she said you're right, but I like the cafeteria. Okay, this song is so crazy, girl. Get me into it. So it's it's about a girl. It's like it's about this girl who <laughs> died in a car accident and now she has to go to high school in heaven. And she's up in heaven, and she's talking about like what the cafeteria is like in heaven, and that God looks like a gu- a guidance counselor. It's like, it's so, 
it was just this thing. Like my sister and I were in Catholic school, and it was this kind of funny because we're t- obviously taking a lot of religion religion classes and talking a lot about God and you know Jesus and Mary and all that shit. But it was this kind of funny, irreverent take on religion and mortality and death and dying young. And it was, but it wasn't scary. It was like fun, you know? And my sister and I were also (laughs) in several car accidents. (laughs) While listening to the song, while listening to Dark. Probably. No, I'm trying to, I don't know if I can remember some of the songs that we were listening to when we got into the car accidents. At the time, we were like... (laughs) Because we got into the car accidents and that was traumatizing. So I'm not sure what was on the radio. Maybe Dar was. I I mean, I bet my sister remembers Molly Cullen. But I loved this so much. And I also think that this song is just such a bop. It's such a banger. It's such a banger. I also just have this like image of the, I mean, you know, I love that this is, Dar is such a time capsule. She's such a 90s kind of uh, a queen and and she kind of infuses things with humor. Yeah. in a kind of pop sensibility. And I have this like image of like some like 90s theater kids uh, thinking that this is their punk tune. <laughs> you know, I know like, that's, they're not that actual punks. We, yes, we were like those nerdy community nerdies. theater kids. They're and the yeah. nerdies. Yes. They're the nerdies. But yes, yeah. So I'm imagining you. So that's so that's great. I have a great yes. imagination. I'm imagining literally <laughs> literally what I saw. Um, that proves that proves I'm talented. Uh <laughs> But yeah, just being like, gosh, this song is just like, you know, it's like, they're, they still went to heaven, but they're punks, and like, and right. they're like the bad kids, and like, it's like, trippy, and I just, because for me too, this is about as like, bad as I got, <laughs> like, <laughs> was like, and you know, the, the other songs we go into, you know, Dar really does talk about stuff that we had never heard before. We hadn't really yeah. heard that the, these ideas, and like, like you said, you were going to... A Catholic school, and you're like listening to this on the way. That's pretty rebellious, babe. I know. And and girls, buckle up because if we haven't said this a hundred times, and we're gonna say it a hundred times more, we love a story. We just love a story that well, we can all of she's, unpack. And it's unpack. so hard, and we're probably gonna listen to long clips of yes, Dar we are on this <laughs> yes. episode because they mm-hmm. she has such story songs. They have a beginning, middle, and end. And this next song that we're gonna do really has a beginning, middle, and end. And this is probably one of her most famous songs and really i really important um for oh, me wow. growing up as a kid and it's the it's the first track on her first album and it's called when i was a boy I, I, let, let's just listen to some of it right now i think we're going to listen to the beginning of it and kind of the end of it to kind of cheat cuz it's a podcast but i won't forget when peter pan came to my house took my hand i said i was a boy i'm glad he didn't check I learned to fly, I learned to fight I lived a whole life in one night We saved each other's lives out on the pirate deck And I remember that night when I'm leaving a late night with some friends And I hear somebody tell me It's not safe, someone should help me I need to find a nice man to walk me home When I was a boy Scared the pants off of my mom Climbed what I could climb up all along And I don't know how I survived I guess I knew the tricks that all 
boys knew song please listen to it but then she talks about being a tomboy and um growing up you know riding her bike and being riding topless and playing in the woods like the woods where i would creep but it's a secret i can keep except when i'm tired except when i'm being cut off Good i've had a lonesome awful day the conversation finds its way to catching fireflies out in the back Yard and so I tell the man I'm with about the other life I lived, and I say now you're top gun, I have lost and you have won, and he says oh no oh no can't you see when I was a girl, my mom and I we always talk and I picked flowers everywhere that I walk. I could always cry Now even when I'm alone I seldom do And I have lost Some kindness But I was a girl too And you were just like me I was just like you. Dar, come, Dar, Dar really does come swinging as a straight ally here, and I think it. Uh, I think a lot of this is uh, a lot of these sentiments are for us some of the first things that um, we had ever heard, and I know that it really spoke to a lot of uh, queer uh, queer kids, and it did for me too. I was I was really a, an effeminate uh, li- a little kid. Um, and I did, uh, you know, I would uh, wear makeup and uh, my grandmother's jewelry, and uh, and I was I was just I was also just unhinged. I mean, I was extremely loud and extremely front and center. And uh, listening to the song makes me think about how um, uh, there were taped, you know, a lot of my family videos were uh, of me kind of doing those things, and I remember watching them back when um, I was in high school and and kind of thinking like, oh, this is Jason being outlandish, but really it was um, me having to hide my secret, so. Yeah, yeah, and that was, um, I remember really thinking about you when I first heard this song and also fe- feeling really seen by Dar, you know, feeling really like, because we didn't have language back then for trans and not that either of us are trans because we're not, but this idea of being female feeling or female presenting or female identifying, which I think is something we talk about a lot when we were growing up that we identified more with females. I mean, this podcast is literally called, I, I think part of the reason it's called for the girls is because so much of what we are interested in and so much of what we have always been interested in things that were supposed to be for girls those are girls things and not boys things and that we were somehow when we grew up we felt misgendered by our interests 
And that's what she's talking about here. And that happening for her as a girl and meeting a boy who was also like that. And the being judged for that expression, you know, I, society judged me and I knew I had to hide that. Right. And I think what also this song talks about is what did that take away from me? You know, mm-hmm. um, I, I had a mother who really protected me a lot, who really um, took cover and kind of allowed me to go, I think as far as I could in, in my Michigan, in my Michigan town. But, but that, that line, I, I, or the line is, I, I guess I knew the tricks that all boys knew. And I think about that and I think about how I had to start learning the tricks as a boy. Right. And that slowly, the, the, the way I acted, the way I walked, the way I talked, the, the, the things I wanted to be, I had, to, I had to do something else. Right. You know, and like watching those, watching those back, I remember with my teenage years, I was like, ah, oh, that's my secret. I was a girl. Mm-hmm. You know, I, was a, I wasn't a trans girl, but I was, I, I identified with the feminine. Right. And now we call it the divine feminine, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I just think about all the kids that have to work back there have to get have to work to get back there because they were taught for so long that that was and especially being a woman you know you think about right. that madonna song and what it feels like to be a girl right? yeah, yeah i connect yeah. to that song from this <laughs> i connect to that where she talks about how it's okay you know it's okay for girls to dress as as boys but for boys to dress as girls we are so scared of women um, yeah, and we were so scared of the feminine. It's so threatening to our patriarchal society, and um, and it's and it's intrinsic to stamp that out. And I'm just, I just, you know, I'm 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 glad it all it 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 all didn't leave me. And I know right when I went to to Interlock and I threw on those dresses, and I, I threw on those skirts, and I, I tried to reclaim it. So it's yeah. also that line that's so beautiful. I have lost some kindness, oh, and I think God. I I was trying to say at the at the top of the episode, you know, that I like to have this kind of jaded um shell this kind of exterior and i think that's because when i was hiding my secret when i was a kid i learned that aggression is seen as male and that if i Mm. was presented because i if i presented gay then the secret to that was to be really mean and to get a really foul mouth and to Mm. get as mean and nasty as possible so that people didn't fuck with you and i felt that and that was happening to me a lot when I went to junior high and went to this Catholic school where it was really verboten um, to be gay and I remember starting to hide my divas and starting to hide my interests and you're like oh yeah I did lose kindness and it Mm. did take going to Interlochen and going to a place that was more accepting and eventually moving to New York but I still like created a habit for myself or a comfortable shell that is um, hard and I did lose, you know, I I have lost some kindness. And I love that, you know, we, you know, it's, we think of the patriarchy as, as men, as, as men, as the, as the villain, but we don't understand how the patriarchy is actually affecting these men and, 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 and ripping them of this divine feminine yeah. uh, energy and stealing their kindness and stealing their abilities to feel, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's, that, it's, it's then what leads to this toxic masculinity, and and he was like, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't in, in, in the world, I, I couldn't be a girl. Oof. 
Well, speaking of being... good one. It's a good one. So it's such a good one. It's such an amazing... She's it's also just like... It's her testament as a songwriter. And it's so hard. I know we just are only able to give you like portions of that song. But listen to the whole thing. It's such an incredible uh, piece of songwriting, piece of poetry. Um, and I think... Yeah, sorry. And I just think also just to think about how important that was at the time to hear that. I know for me, I was like, oh, wow. You know, like, you can... It's so it was it was okay, mm-hmm. you know. Essentially, Dar was saying that it was that that she had these feelings and it was totally normal, and it wasn't um, anything but the world telling her they were bad. That she couldn't be like that. It, she wasn't bad, uh, right? For 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 and for feeling othered, which I feel like othered comes up so much with Dar in mm-hmm. in these in these songs, the other and the embrace of the other and community, you know, well, we and, empathy, and empathy. This is about, you know, I was a girl too. Right. And you were just like me and I was just like you. Right. Okay. Woof. I've got a Heavy. little, um, but speaking of being afraid of the feminine, I want to play another, uh, fucking, fucking banger. I think this is her number one banger. This is from oh, this her is second the... album called Yay! Mortal City. And um, this is a fucking banger called As Cool As I Am. And I'm just going to let Dar tell you. Yeah. Tell oh, you we the just fucking got... tea here. Oh, yes. Just just get just get on your big flower dress because I sure am. And I'm going to be dancing to this. This is what I love is that. I Dar hope you have was... space around you right now while you're listening to this because you're about to start dancing like you're in the middle of fucking Lilith a Fair girls. A cornfield with Lilith Fair. I'm so, so here for deeply here for this song. So, okay. okay, let's listen to it. Yeah, there was a time I didn't like the love. I like the climate. She was my sister then. Was running out of time and one liners. And I was afraid, like you are, when you're too young to know the time. And so I watched the way you take your fear and pour the horizon. The point you have a word for every woman you can lay your eyes on. Like you are just because you bought the time. And you turn to me, you say you hope. I'm not threatened, oh, 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 I'm not that petty As cool as I am, I thought you'd know this already I will not be afraid of women I will not be afraid of women So now we're at a club, watch the woman dance and she is drunk she is smiling and she's falling in a slow descending funk And the whole bar is loud and proud and everybody's trying yeah. You play the artist saying is it how she moves or how she looks I say it's loneliness suspended to our own like wrapping hooks And as long as she's got noise she's fine But I could teach her how I learned to dance when the music Ended. Oh, 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 and that's not petty. As cool as I am, I thought you know this already. I will not be afraid of women. I will not be afraid of women. You tried to make me doubt, to make me guess, tried to make me like a little less oh, I liked you when you so 
things can get And if it helps, I'd say I feel a little worse Than I did when we met So when you find someone else You can try again, it might work next time You look out of the kitchen window And you shake your head and say If I could believe that stuff I'd say that woman has a halo And I look out and say Yeah, she's really blonde And then I go outside To join the others I am the others whoa, whoa, whoa. And that's not easy I don't know what you saw I want somebody who sees me I will not Jesus, the lyrics are so fucking good. I love this idea at the beginning of that song where she talks about uh, how... So the whole song is about like her relationship with this guy who she ends up dumping. Um, this guy who hoards the horizon. Yeah. And and this guy who constantly wants to pit her against to like kind of go out with her and judge other women. Like, mm-hmm. he wants to, like, go in and degrade and, like, and also, like, and it's so complex because she also talks about, like, to me, the most insidious are the straight artist men who are feminists and, but are actually just, like, in sheep's clothing, toxic douchebags. And he's, like, going out and watching this woman dance and he's trying, and she says he's playing the artist, mm-hmm. you know, trying to come at it from a way, but still objectifying her. Mm-hmm. Still looking at her and objectifying her and having actually no idea that she's just dancing. And Dara's like, and I can't wait to reach that woman as a sister and tell that woman, like, your dancing is beautiful. But I also, I, I, can, I can teach you how to dance when the music isn't playing. And mm-hmm. these men aren't fucking watching you. And the <laughs> idea of it being like, as cool as I am, I thought you'd know that already. Like, you think I'm co- like that that's what coolness is, is taking other women down. And she's like, no, I look outside to join the others. I am the others. It's again about empathy. That's my favorite line. I am the others. Yes. I am othered. I am othered is, I think, such a something that just has always stuck with me. It's uh, it's just it just rings. It, it rings so true. And, and for Dar to be like, you think maybe I'm just, uh, this, you know, uh, a, a, a cool girl, but I'm not like, I'm, 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 I'm going to go and be with like this sisterhood with this community. Yeah. I'm not sure. That embraces I'm, women. Like, yeah. I'm not, I'm not your definition of cool, you know? And <sighs> wow. It's such an anthem. Yes. It's such a, it's such an anthem and it's such a, you know. Which is all like, you know, folk songs are like, you know, folk songs have the lineage from, from hymns, you know, mm-hmm. um, and we talk about kind of like, this is the, a, a church and this is just, yeah. And when that chorus comes in of, of women singing with her, it's just, uh, boots the house down. This is, <laughs> this is my house. jam. Uh, the next song I want to do, um, is this is a, like for me the number one lyric song for her. Um, and it's deeply about seasonal depression, which is the theme of this episode or coming out of seasonal depression. It's also from uh, mortal city. Her, Would you say uh, this is your number one. I feel like I'm getting the vibe. This is like, it's my personal. number one right now. I mean, my number ones with her go back and forth so much. Yes, ma'am. Yes, they ma'am. Go back it does. and forth so much. And this, this is up there for me. So um, this song is called February. First we forgot where we'd planted those bulbs last year. And then we forgot that we'd planted it all. 
forgot what plants are all together And I blamed you for my freezing and forgetting And the nights were long and cold and scary Can we live through February? actually read an interview with her where she said it was her favorite song lyrically oh yeah because she said that it just it keeps changing for her the more she does it and i also i also have heard her say that she broke she feels like she broke all the rules on this song yeah i mean it's so much it's also so much about it's february right this was a big one for me in high school too because the school we went to, it was very, very snowy in Michigan and Northern Michigan. And I mean, we were, we're, we're not, no, we're saying, we're saying you walk only through paths like tunnels, of snow, tunnels yeah. of snow to your waist or more. And you, and all you can do are those paths because there's, there's no other place to go. I mean, it is, it is a, it is true cabin fever. Like it's, it's like nothing. And I mean, I've been having serious cabin fever this winter in New York too, but I love the idea, like, we walk the path alone together. You know, <laughs> it's also about being in this kind of, like, dark time, this dark period in your life, but with somebody else. And how that, how you can lose yourself and lose each other in that. And that lyric where she's like, I tried to remember, and I said, but I said, what's a flower? I said, I still love you. Like, this idea that we can't even remember the names of things anymore. Or why we did those things, like we we right. did something for the purpose, then we forgot why we did them, then we forgot that we we forgot why we did them, and then we forgot that we even did them. And, like and the, the, yeah, these dark periods in our lives where we can't, you can't see the meaning in any of it. It's the darkness. It's the winter. It's when things are literally dead, and you know you planted something, or you you know, but you can't you can't see the forest for the trees and what it means to go through those periods in your life, you know? And I, I really love, I mean, like, like, it, like when Dar says she breaks all the rules, I think she keeps, she just keeps like almost within lines changing what you think the narrate, the narrator is, or the narration is mm-hmm. going to happen. You know, you kind of think this is a couple that they're going to get through this February and, and then and it goes bad. And then he like he, like you said, she says, "What's a flower?" He says, "I still love you." And then in the next paragraph, she 
you kind of realize that it didn't matter at that point. She was with a new lover. Mm-hmm. And what they're going to do, and this is my favorite part, is that she's going to start. She's going to start prepping for next February. And you think, yeah. oh, okay, she's going to. She, it's okay. She's going to. She's going to chop wood and she's going to get ready because that was bad. That was a bad. That was a bad month. That maybe it was a bad year. And then the last line she says, "I've lost to February." So you think that it's hopeful. She's getting prep prepared, but then at the end she just acknowledges, "I lost." Right. Like I. That beat me, and I find such power in being okay to be to lose like right and being defeated being defeated right that brought me that brought me low that brought me to my knees and all you can do at that point is get ready for the next time that that is going to happen because it's going to happen again you got to keep chopping you you got to keep chopping wood and oh my battle angels i I just want you to just keep (laughs) chopping wood my battle angels if you're in a dark time right now i want you to fucking chop just chop that wood because let me dar williams has told us that dark time will come again yes angels so you fucking sharpen your knives you got to get ready for it thank you mama for bringing back that battle angels (laughs) alita we are with you i i'm not sure i'm pretty sure probably that movie is very offensive so like i mean i'm not sure i didn't i didn't really pay attention to it like i say when i see movies with my mom i just pee and drink soda Uh, um yeah oh my gosh yes Okay, let's listen to um, this next one is kind of is another banger, and it's a lot. I think really, really hopeful. And this song, oh uh, yes, this song we're gonna play all the way fucking through because it's not. It's only like two minutes long. This song is called. Here it is for all the Dar fans listening. Here's the Christians and the Pagans. Amber called her uncle, said we're up here for the holiday. Jane and I were having solstice. Now we need a place to stay. And her Christ-loving uncle watched his wife hang Mary on a tree. He watched his son hang candy canes all meet with red dye number three. He told his niece it's Christmas Eve. I know our life is not just style. She said, Christmas is like solstice and we miss you and it's been a while. So the Christians and the pagans sat together at the table. Finding faith and common ground the best that they were able. Just before the meal was served, hands were held and prayers were said, sending hope for peace on earth to all their gods and goddesses. The food was great, the tree plugged in, the meal had gone without a hitch, till Timmy turned to Amber and said, is it true that you're a witch? His mom jumped up and said the pies are burning And she hit the kitchen And it was Jane who spoke She said it's true your cousin's not a Christian But we love trees, we love the snow The friends we have, the world we share And you find magic from your God And we find magic everywhere So the Christians and the pagans sat together at the table Finding faith and common ground The best that they were raised And where does magic come from? I think magic's in the learning Cause now when Christians sit with pagans Only pumpkin pies are burning Tried to do the dishes Her aunt said, really, no, don't bother Amber's uncle saw how Amber Looked like him and like her father 
He thought about his brother, how they hadn't spoken in a year. He thought he'd call him up and say it's Christmas and your daughter's here. He thought a father's sons and brothers saw his own son tug his sleeve, saying, Can I be a pagan? Dad said, We'll discuss it when they leave. So the Christians and the pagans sat together at the table, finding faith and common ground, the best that they were raised. Lighting trees in darkness, learning new ways from the old, and making sense of history and drawing warmth out of the Oh, I love that song so much. I I associate this this song mostly like this is my my major Dar Williams memory. Was the Christians and the Pagans? Yes. I also think I I, I could I um my brain could handle this the complexities of this like fun ditty. Right, and also the idea of being a pagan was really really fun. Gosh, it wasn't it. Oh my, oh my gosh, loved paganism. I mean, the other thing about this song that is really deep for me, that even though it's really, it's, I find it to be really hopeful, but it is about family alienation, which is a huge thing in my <laughs> family. Mm. Um, you know, like a lot of my family doesn't talk to each other anymore, and it's a huge fucking bummer. And that's why this line in the song where she, the dad, you know, thinks about calling his brother, who he hasn't talked to in a year, and to say it's Christmas and your daughter's here. And then they don't say that the lesbian pagan daughter isn't welcome at her father's house, but that's what's implied. It's such I, a I smart do, line. I love it's such line. a smart line. And it's such a, it's such a thing like I grew up with where I was like, oh, wow, once my secret is found out, mm-hmm. um, I'm not going to be able to see my family anymore. And that's the thing when you start to build like this other family, you know, the, cho- the chosen family. And I think that that realization or that fear I'm starting to realize in my life really alienated me from my family or I chose to alienate myself from my family um, based on things, a lot of information that we all didn't have together yet. And that's a real bummer for me. But um, And then I'm trying to work on, and my family, of course, is working on, and my family is alienated from itself in a lot of ways. But this music I'm so happy for because it really connects me to my sister and it also gives me that hope. And in, in a time where I think a lot of families are alienated right now, maybe this song could be the anthem to bring Trump's America I, back together. I know. I feel like people are pretty exhausted about like the thing pieces on how to have like, li- I mean, this song's literally said in Thanksgiving, so I don't know why this isn't um, being quoted enough, but I think people are exhausted about like how to go home for Thanksgiving and deal with your conservative family, you know, which is, which is kind of ironic because as queer people, like that's always been on our plates. Like (laughs) that's always been a like very deep struggle. Like as for me, I'm, I've just been like, Oh, like no holidays. Like holidays (laughs) are just a a no. Like why? Like I'm like, I mean, and my family generally is like pretty fine, but I'm just like, I don't need that uh, in my life. And it's worked out so well, but yeah, yeah, and so this song, and so it's like, maybe it's like a little antiquated, but the whole thing is like finding finding this, you know, uh, uh, finding this common ground. And I love that you bring up the line about the the uncle being like, mm-hmm. I, you know, like I should, I need to tell her father that, like, you know, this is pretty great. This is great. Right. Like, what are we doing? You know, it's like, you know, kind of <laughs> elementary, but it's beautiful, and it's such a great little poem and such a great little story song. 
I love the little line about uh, the candy canes all made with red dye number three because you can sense a little bit of the judgment from the pagans or the liberals or the lesbians, you know, that they don't want like um, that. They usually don't eat like manufactured candy and stuff like that. And it's just this quick little thing. And also call back to Dar being a health food nut. You know, she has another book called Tofu Toll Booth. <laughs> I saved that one for you, bitch. Uh, I didn't know that. It's a guide of health food stores that she put together after touring oh. around the country so that like other hippies could like find tofu. I literally en- I translated that into like <laughs> toll booths with tofu and I almost vomited. <laughs> I was like, no, mamsies, thank you very much. Um... <laughs> No, but I do love that. I, I think like Dar like is a, is truly, uh, you know, one of our great American songwriters, and she does like yes. she is able to constantly, you know, it sounds like like give you kind of a straightforward like oh like different people can come together, but she does shift perspective, and like again we've we mentioned this twice now, but then she shifts that again by her uncle, uh, acknowledging that he had differences with his brother. Right. And that he needs to call his brother and be like, I'm, I'm with your daughter. And, and so it just, so it keeps just, she keeps kind of um, allowing us to kind of pick and choose. And that's why like, um, I'm my 14 year old self and I'm looking at these lyrics because every different lyric uh, a, a, a kind of illuminates something else for me. And it's just, it's so spectacular. I mean, it's just it's no. so great. Well, I just feel so yeah. blessed. <laughs> like, it's like, and to. it's such a great, it's just about healing. You know? Yeah. 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 It, it, and that, uh, yeah, it's about healing and like showing up. And like, and you can't heal if you don't show up, right? And that those lesbian pagans just showed up on the doorstep without being announced. And they were like, you know, it's just so. I mean, Dar is straight, um, but she really was bringing these queer perspectives uh, that I think for a lot of us, and especially me, hadn't really heard before in a song and so explicitly and with so much joy, you know? Yeah. And this song is like maybe like wish fulfillment. And I know that a lot of our, of of us queer children, you know, can't, can't even like be on the phone with our parents. Um, But like, but it, but it, but it was, but it was hopeful. And a lot of times our queer stories aren't told with that kind of hope. So. And ally, yeah. And you want to talk about like a diva who's an ally, being a diva songwriter who writes queer stories all the time. Like that's fucking allyship. So thank you, Dar Williams. Thank you, yeah. our queen. So there's just one more song really on um, our agenda today. And oh, this it's, is Fox. It's, me. it's a really, it's a really uh, big one. It's it's from her first album, but we're gonna play a recording um, yes. that she made later in life. Dar, one of the big ways she started out was by opening for Joan Baez. Um, And so this song is called uh, You're Aging Well. And it's from uh, it's from the album Honesty Room, but it's also on um, uh, Joan Baez's album Ring Them Bells. You can find that it's on Spotify. So here it is. You're Aging Well. Why is it that as we grow older and stronger The road signs point us adrift And make us afraid Saying you never can win Watch your back Where's your husband? I don't like the signs That the sign makers make So I'm gonna steal out with my paint My brushes I'll change the directions 
I'll hit every street It's the Tinseltown scandal The Robin Hood vandal She goes out and steals the king's English In the morning you wake up And the saints point to you They say I'm so glad that you finally made it here You thought nobody cared But I did, I could tell And this is your year And it always starts here and oh, 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 oh You're aging well Now I know a woman With a collection of sticks She could fight back The hundreds of voices she heard She could forget the greed She could fend off her need And in anger she found She could pound every word But one voice got through And caught her up by surprise It said, don't hold us back We're the story you tell No sooner than spoken The spell had been broken And the voices before her Were trumpets and timpani Violins, basses and woodwinds and cellos Singing, we're so glad that you finally made it here You thought nobody cared, but we did, we could tell Now you dance through the days where the orchestra plays And oh, you're Because we're about ready to tell you how important this song is. So just uh, to, so to give you um, this is this is idea. the main this is the song I feel like I've grown most with over the years. I definitely don't mm. feel like I got this when I was first listening to it at all. No way, Jose. But what I did connect with it when I was fifteen was the idea of um, not liking the signs that the sign makers made. <laughs> you know, like I wasn't like I didn't uh-huh. want to follow the road signs that were being set before me of like. 
uh-huh. this is how you do it. And then mm-hmm. I didn't get the rest of the song, but <laughs> you were like, this sign says stop and I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm not following. But that's because I hadn't realized who the woman of voices is yet, you know? Yeah. So she talks about she talks about meeting the this like listening to this voice in herself that are the stories that she has to tell. And there's also like this character, she says, you know, she meets the the woman of voices, this who I imagine is like a mentor or an, especially in this version with her and Joan Baez being together, um, that gave her the language that keeps her alive. Mm-hmm. You know, and for me, Dar Williams is really one of those women of voices for me. And so is Bet, And so are a lot of the women that we talk about on this show who gave me the language that kept me alive, you know. And the idea of, like, reaching a birthday or reaching a certain point in your life where they say, like, I'm so glad you finally made it here. You know, that you can keep coming back to music and these women who are guiding you. (sighs) Yeah. And landing right where you are. Sorry, I'm, like, talking through that whole song that I just had. You know, we just had you all listen to all of, but... Well, we're going to keep going. I mean, this is is it. Uh... Yeah, I love that interpretation. It's so funny. I'm gonna here's my here's my here's my cry cue um, on this song. I this song truly has transformed for me. And I think yesterday um, it was as cool as I am was my favorite song. And then I just started uh, listen. I started a really really getting deep into this song, and um, and I love that your interpretation was that. Uh, it, it's that the, the, your sirens are singing to you and, and giving you a safe space to land, you yeah. know, that it's that it, then that's, and of course this is why we have this podcast, you know, it really is like, you know, I think Dar talks a lot about the woman's experience and we're coming at it from a cis male point of view and we're coming yeah. out of, we're coming out from a queer point of view. And I think it's like, it's that kind of that, 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 that queer um, need that these voices speak to us and help and help inform us and, and funny enough, help, help us keep, I think our, that important femininity in our lives. Right. Um, yeah, I, let's see if I can get through this. I, I interpreted that song as finding that sometimes you're, you're going to be in places and in situations kind of like we've been talking through all, all of Dar's, Jar jar stuff that that you're going to be othered, and if you don't like those signs posted, you have to you have to get out a paintbrush and you have to write your own signs and you have to find your own family, mm-hmm. and uh, and at some point someone's going to say, "Welcome home," like you look yeah. great, like that that thing that you've gone through, you know, that's okay because that's don't don't forget that that's the stories you tell, but there's going to be a place for you. Um, yeah, and and I don't know why it made me think about being in high school and being. I knew freshman year that this was not uh, that I had. I kind of flown past the group of guys that I, I had hung out with in middle school, and that I wasn't going to be like them. And <sighs> this listening to this song it just kind of opened me up to thinking about that that first time. You know, I felt really unsafe, and I, I felt unsafe there. And I. 
And I, you know, I, I always like, you know, I think back to my, my queer family, I think about kind of the queers that I hang out with. And I kind of realized that my first kind of queer relationship was um, uh, my best friend, Lauren. And, and that kind of finding that home in that safety. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know why listening to this song, just like, just, just saying like, it's, it's okay now. Like you're, you have that place. And, and that kind of, that, that brought me back to that friendship. And wow. maybe it's also, maybe it's also yourself. Maybe oh, it's yeah. just your, your older self catching you and being right. like, I'm so glad you finally made it here. Uh-huh. You know, like that's the other thing I was going through just now, like listening to you, like you saying to your younger self, like, look, you made it right where we are, you know? That they're like echoes of the past, her and Joan. I love I love this song so much more on the, the with the two voices. I think it's a, <gasps> huge, a huge thing. It's so cool. It's so, I mean, yes. Because she has a recording of it. There's this master, um, America, I think it's called American Masters on PBS. And Joan Baez and Dar Williams kind of interview each other, kind of talk about their experiences being on the road together. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 touring together, Dar open for Joan, and and they talk about being mentors, and and Dar kind of talks about all the things that Joan has said, and she's like, I don't really like that word. Joan says, I don't really like that word, mentor, because you also taught me. You can't mm-hmm. mentor someone without gaining uh, without gaining knowledge. That does not. I don't believe that that's how that works. Right. And so to hear these two voices, to hear kind of the you know these two very important American women's voices coming together and singing this, this anthem of, of belonging. Is that right? Of, yeah. Of of, self-discovery of aging of, you know, rewriting the rules, rewriting the rules to fit you. Cause the, because the world won't, doesn't fit you. So you have to, you know, yeah. You don't fit in the world. You have to make the world fit for you. Is that right? Am I saying that right? I don't know if that's sure. right. Yeah. Be, yeah. Of course you are. Absolutely. Yeah. The signs aren't made for us. Yeah. So we have to fucking paint we have to we have to we have to do those signs over and, and fuck fucking fuck off with the narratives that are placed upon us. And yeah, find because that they're community. all they're all wrong. They're all wrong. And the people who hung and I think we're in a big point in our country where there are a lot of people finally because of, you know, the internet or having a voice or whatever the fuck or being able to everyone have a podcast, which we're so <laughs> grateful for. Um, <laughs> like we're able to express these things and we're all collectively saying like, hey, we hate these signs. We hate these rules. We want to write new ones and we want to talk to each other about all the ways that these rules are fucked up for our group and our group and the goal is to have empathy for each other and listen to each other as we have that conversation, which is thorny and hard and strange. And hopefully like listening to music like Dar Williams reminds us to um, have empathy and, and hear um, someone who is othered and to remember that I am the others, you know, and And the others when we come together are more than the, are more powerful than the sign makers. So I, I, I thank you. And how powerful that is. Like, you know, yeah. It's just this song is so fucking deep. Like, I can't. Listen, we're so glad that you finally made it here to the end of the episode, everybody. <laughs> we, it was a rambling emotional podcast, but um, I don't know. It's what Dar does Dar really to took us there this week. So much about identity. Also, like, because Dar is such a activist 
I always remembered about that like 14 year old like person who cared, you know, like yeah, yeah. kind of confronted with that. And I kind of was filled with that life force and just kind of wanting, I, I don't know this whole, I think we've been talking about how this whole week's been kind of dark and Dar has really kind of given me the light to encourage me to be more, to, to more engage and to kind of tap back into that feeling, that youthful feeling of like caring about something, mm-hmm. being excited. Mm-hmm. And and focusing, is she, I, Dar teaches um, a songwriting workshop, and I was reading an, uh, an essay by someone who went to it, and she was saying that Dar talks about like just getting in touch and writing about things that mean something to you, mm-hmm. and getting in touch with well, what does have meaning for you? Hmm. And I think that that's takes vulnerability and honesty. You got to go into the honesty room for that, go and to be the fucking room. honest. Is and it's. It's emotional and it's not, maybe it's not cool, but you, it's where all the good shit lives is in the honesty room, you know? And the scary shit. Okay, bye. So just to, so to wrap up, um, thanks to everyone who uh, listened to this week's episode. Uh, Dar Williams is amazing. And maybe you just tuned in because you're a Dar fan, but also check out some of the other episodes because you might find out you really dig Barbara Streisand or Audra McDonald. You don't know. Just give it a listen because um, <laughs> these women all have great music. Good encouragement, girl. If, just keep pressing. If you see another thing under here, press play and maybe listen to that one. And, and then, then it- download the episode and subscribe and rate and review for us, please. And we're on Twitter yes. and Instagram and Facebook. Yes. Yes. And let us know. Give us your thoughts. Like, write to us. Um, and t- Tell us your experiences. And tell your friends. Go to your local coffee house and um, talk to your other people drinking lattes and tell them about this podcast. Oh, coffee houses! Yes, 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 yes. yes. I think so. I we're guess. gonna we're gonna go out on a song, and this is this one goes out to my sister. This is my sister's favorite Dar song. Or so she texted me the other day. Um, my sister was going through a really hard time a few years ago, and she got an amazing opportunity with her job to go to Africa. For a while, and she met someone there who was, uh, became a really great friend to her. And uh, he played her this song on the guitar, and she was like, "Oh, that's a Dar song." And he was like, mm, "No, this is this song is by the Kinks." <laughs> um, so Dar does do some covers. She also does cool covers of Neil Young and Pink Floyd. Um, but this song is called "Better Things," and that's what we're hoping hoping for all of our battle angels this week <laughs> is for some better things, right, girl? embrace the joy uh kind of just embrace you know that sometimes you lose to a month and sometimes you don't and but that that you know i'm just trying to be like wow i'm really depressed isn't that exciting and dar's helping me (laughs) (laughs) dar's helping me find like that like i can even be feeling real bad but turn that into just kind of wonderment and like an engagement with myself so and the world i love you dar thank you Thank you, Dar, and here's to better things for all of you. Thanks for listening. Bye, babies. Bye. Here's wishing you the bluest sky and hoping something better comes tomorrow. Hoping all the verses rhyme and the very best of choruses to follow all the doubt and sadness. I know that better things are on their way. Days ahead won't be as bitter as the ones behind you. Be an optimist instead, and somehow happiness will find you. Forget what happened yesterday. I know that better things.
something better comes tomorrow. Open all the verses rhyme and the very best of choruses too. Follow all the drudge and sadness. I know that better things are on their way. I know you got a lot of good things heaven and up ahead. The past is gone, it's all been said. So here's to what the future brings. I know tomorrow you'll find better things. I know tomorrow you'll find better things. I know. Tomorrow you'll find better things. I know 